0: Welcome, everybody, to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is February 3rd, 2023. Time is 5 30 p.m. The email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Everybody that's getting onto the show here today, joining me as always is Al, aka Big Daddy Prep. What's going on, man?
1: Just another day, Jester. Uh, God woke up this morning and decided it wasn't winter. The ice is melting off, and we're going to be about 50 degrees before the day's over. We've been literally iced in for three days.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Weird, Weird man.
0: <laughs> uh, these weather patterns have been so screwed up. I know that, uh, so for, I'm a little bit frazzled today while we're recording. Al and I don't typically record on Fridays. This is kind of a last-minute thing. There's some weekend plans that came up, everybody. So it was like, hey, Al, are you available Friday? <laughs>
1: and and I'm like, God, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was for sure available because I couldn't go anywhere. They're like like an inch of ice here. And I'm like, Friday, I don't know if it's supposed to start melting off. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and it all worked that good. So, you know, we do what we do when we can.
0: Right. I'm just, you know, I just want to keep trying to bring the show to, you know, as many people as possible and keep the episodes flowing out. And there's like four new episodes about to drop. Um, It's just been busy, been very, very busy. Uh, anyway, so in the spirit of continuing with the new prepper, Uh, Al and I decided to get into security and securing of your preps and basically how to do that. We thought that was a good idea. And this was pretty much, this was all Al's brainchild. Um, So I'll let you start this off, Al.
1: Well, the thing is, a lot of people, they're new to prepping, but they have no security background at all. Jester, you have no idea the years I spent in security, how I figure out that the common person, they don't even have any OPSEC, any idea what's going on around them. So we move somebody into a prepping world where we ask them to be more prepared and have more items for bad situations, but we don't tell them anything about how to protect themselves, protect the items, protect their family. Yeah, that's a combination for bad disasters, and we all know that because we're all pretty secure. So, And it's not just... Go get a bunch of guns. That's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about actually being able to handle yourself and secure the things that you've gone out and worked and, and purchased and gathered and stuff like that. So it's a big topic. Um, we're going to try to shove it into one episode because it needs to be. But a lot of it has to do with awareness. So many people are oblivious to everything going on around, around them. Literally, there could be a fire on one side of them, a flood on the other side of them, somebody getting raped or mauled behind them, and they have no idea because they're just looking at their little latte, trying to go to their job and do their thing.
0: Not to mention staring at their phones and and having no idea what's going on around them at all.
1: Right. And that doesn't necessarily make them bad. They're not trying to not know what's going on. They're just so consumed with themselves that they have no idea what's going on around them. So there are a lot of little things that you can do to make yourself more aware, and that's what we're kind of focusing on today. But I've got a few reference points, but I'm, one of the, I'm a person, I like to give credit to the, you know, where I get my information from and where I'm taking it from. So some of my information I'm taking today from Gray Wolf Survival, and also some from the uh, University of Kansas, some of their on-campus security protocols and things like that. So that's basically where I'm taking my information from today, and just a few little tidbits here, there, and yonder. But folks, the number one thing you have to remember is you have to be aware of who you are, where you're at, and the things going on around you. And if you're not used to doing that, I was used to doing that my whole life. I actually have had, I have to fight off the urge to inquire and look at everything and know everything because I did that for years and I don't need to know every single thing going on around me. But, folks, if you've never experienced that and you've never had a law enforcement or any kind of services type background, you have to know what's going on in your general area. That's first and foremost. And you know that as well as anybody Jester, with the background that you have and I have. We always are questioning, are we not?
0: Hey, Preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout. 10% off all your survival food needs again that's code doom 10 at checkout at readywise.com d-o-o-m 10 for 10% off at readywise.com yeah I mean for me it's kind of a situation where I'm kind of watching my back 24-7 I always suspect the worst out of everybody (laughs) (laughs)
1: yep me too i don't like
0: sitting if i'm at a restaurant i don't put my back to the entrance there are you know i'm really weary about who comes to my house if the fedex guy shows up i'm not bullshitting with him i'm trying to rush him off the property as quick as possible i am very very cautious i mean you guys all out there listening know that i don't provide an oodles of information on myself online and that's one of the main reasons it's maintaining that opsec that oppositional security
1: right you know on Manslov's hierarchy of needs, safety and security are is is the second layer. It's one of the most bedrock, uh, other than basically uh, food, shelter, things like that. It's a bedrock. You know, people they want to know. Oh, I've got something to eat. And I'm warm. You know, those are basics that keep me going. But security is is next to that and then everything else kind of builds on top of it so you have to really take a look at what you're doing you can't just go into things blindly one of the ways that i used to train recruits in the correctional academy is I, w- I would train them to go and run the situations run the fights run to this to try to get get them there quickly and then after about the third or fourth time when i had them really good at hurrying to get from one place to another I'd set them up on the radio. I'd call a fight in so and so area and I'd sit behind the door with a broom and when they came in I'd bash them over the head with a broom. <laughs> now it was a broom. It didn't hurt anybody. Right. No, I taught them that, yeah. it, that that even though you're in a hurry to get somewhere, you can get killed getting there. It was the easiest way I found over the years. And I'm not kidding you, Jester. I have busted a broom over many, many people.
0: God, I but wish I, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall for that. Oh well, I
1: some of them that didn't that just stood there and looked at me. I just beat them several times. But I mean, you know, it was just one of them things. You have to know what's going on. And I got and I, I never forget it. The old Captain told me so that's one of the smartest moves I've ever seen. He said you got it through their head. They'll never forget. It. You didn't have to hurt them in the meantime, and you taught them a lesson. And it only took about three swats, and they they learned it. So, yeah, that's my way of doing things. I <laughs> I, I, I must admit, but. You know, as we're talking about security, well, what is security? I mean, first of all, all security starts with you.
0: You know, I 100% agree. And I want to point something out to the listeners out there. As we're talking about security, don't have this mindset that just because you have an insurance policy, if things get stolen, just because you have a ring doorbell, just because you may have motion sensors in your house— All these things do not matter when shit hits the fan. Do they matter in the meantime right now? Yes, absolutely. When shit hits the fan, will they matter? No.
1: Absolutely right. When you're formulating a plan for your security, there are certain questions you need to ask yourself. Like, what do I have? What do I need to protect? Who do you have to protect it from? What information would an adversary want to know about you? Um, What can they find out? that they could use that piece of information against me uh, or, you know, piece of intelligence or, or uh, this door's always unlocked or this window never, it doesn't lock right, whatever it might be, that, that type of situation. And also um, what could you do to protect those pieces of information from your adversary? I mean, maybe you have your home, where you have all your preps, where your circle lives, all that good stuff. But you know certain nuances about your house. Maybe the back door doesn't last just right. But, you know, in the wintertime, it kind of swells and and it locks really good. And in the summertime, it kind of contracts and it doesn't lock as good. You can kind of jimmy it open. Or maybe that bathroom window, it doesn't lock that great.
0: Hey, Preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Stutters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com.
1: Someone comes over to your house, they go to the bathroom, you've got the window open, and they notice that. Now you've told somebody, oh, by the way, my window doesn't lock, right? They may not be your adversary right then, But who knows what a year down the road and an empty belly and a cold, cold night out on the streets. I mean, who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. So the the big thing that everybody needs to understand is Al and I are talking about this stuff is there's no predictable situation. All these things are out of your control. You have no control over them. So I know a lot of the times we're throwing out these scenarios and it's because these are unpredictable, unmanageable situations.
1: Right. You can't predict what's going to happen in the future. You can't predict what somebody's going to want to do to you. How many times do people buddy up to you to get to be your friend just so they can get a discount for something or this, that, and the other store? If you think that's bad, what would they do to buddy up to you to be able to survive when something bad happens? Oh, Al's got all the guns. Ooh, Al's got all the food. Ooh, Al's got this. Al's got that. Well, Al's not going to have it if I let you know everything about me. Now people say all the time, Oh well people know that you're a prepper I mean, you're you're on a podcast here and you're on there. People know very little about me. Very little. Very little. You might see me, but you don't know about me. Jester and I have worked together for a year and a half. I don't know Jester's whole name, where he lives at, and he doesn't know the same thing about me.
0: Right. And it works out very, very well. <laughs> and it's not
1: personal. We're not keeping it from him. If he said, "Al, where do you live?" I'd probably tell him. Right. But the point is, i never have.
0: No. Why but, is that? But you know, it's you also know? plausible deniability for me. Say, if somebody comes to me and they say, "Where the hell does Al live?" I, I have no idea. And you, right. if you, if you wanted to torture me to get that information, I don't have it. It's non. It's right. non-existent. And. I mean, so every once in a while, I'll send stuff to the listeners, right? I'll send some, I'll mail mm-hmm. some stuff out, and I mean, even then, they get that from a PO box. It's not coming directly from my address, and then is I delete their addresses, throw them away, burn them. I don't keep those. Yeah, um, that's me too. I don't keep that stuff. I don't want it around. I'd rather get rid of it. And if I need it again to send you something, I'll ask you again.
1: Somebody told me one time, not just recently. They said, "Al, um, I think I've lost your phone number." I said, oh, "You did." They said, yeah, I did. I need it again. I said, well, if I didn't give it to you the first time, because it's been the same way for years, if I didn't give it to you then, I probably didn't want you to have it. And I walked <laughs> up left that there. I mean, I've had the same number for years. Right. I mean, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it.
0: That's funny. I'm not trying to
1: be mean, but I'm being honest. I mean, sometimes you have to leave people with that, because if they want to find me, they know how to hook me up. They know how to find me. Right. They obviously oh. found me then, right? So, you yeah. But getting on to others, just the real topic is... Folks, sometimes you have to be a little cold with things. You can't just float a balloon out there as as flying across America right now, the Chinese balloon. You know, I mean, we're giving away all the state secrets right now, flying over Kansas, I believe, right now. I mean, how good a security (laughs) is that? We got a Chinese balloon flying over (laughs) America. I gotta
0: Al, I gotta comment on this balloon because I'm watching everybody lose their shit over this balloon. Listen, guys, look, I'm gonna tell you what. Sci- China has satellites in the sky just like everybody else does. Okay. Right. They're doing their thing. They've got mapping, they've got imagery. And I'm going to tell you what, if that doesn't freak you out more than this balloon does, right? TikTok's consistently gathering data and, and information on you 100, 100% right. of the time. Everything right. from where you are, location data, imagery, everything. You know, they could build a continuous map of all the information they have from TikTok in the U.S. Not to mention, they're monitoring every keyboard stroke in your device. So, um, I'm not too concerned with the balloon.
1: <laughs> no, I think the balloon more is a is a depiction of how lax we become. You know what I'm saying? We're not even people aren't even acting as if it is the thing in the government. And everybody, all of us right here, are like oh, screaming, "Oh my God! There's a balloon!" Fly. We all know that they're spying on us the point is is nothing's being done it looks like to the people and we were a strong country we used to hold our secrets very tightly now we don't we find out that every president vice president everybody was ever in government has top secrets laying all over the house you know that's the whole thing right there folks i guess what i'm trying to encompass the people about security is the more information you put out there want to be a guest on the show Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com The more that's out there. It's going to continue to be out there. And if you get careless with one piece of information, you're gonna get careless with two and then ten and then and then everything's out there. Your entire life is out there for people to know. So first thing to do here, take down a piece of paper and write down Al's first rules. Shut your mouth. That's rule number one. Rule number two is refer back to rule number one when rule number two doesn't work. Shut your mouth. If people don't need to know where you live, don't tell them. If they don't have a reason, legitimate reason to call you, text you, or have communication with you, don't give out your number. If people don't need to be in your home, don't let them in. You can have a People say, well, how am I going to have a party at the house? And I want to invite these people over, but I don't want to see everything I got. Well, have a party someplace like Nicaragua. Or out in the backyard or wherever. Don't let people run around your home or where you live at and pass out information. I, I mean, I'm not saying be a hermit. People say I'm a hermit because I don't go places. I stay out in the country and things like that. I'm not a hermit. I just don't let a lot of people in my world. I go out into the world and I see people, but I don't let them in my world.
0: So I, I can kind of level with you on, on that whole thing of like the hermit thing. I just don't like going places. I, I don't. don't I don't like being out in public. I never really have been, and my wife's always hated it. But
1: I, I don't like it. And my wife doesn't like it, so we're a perfect couple. On the weekends, people are like, well, "Where are you going this weekend?" Nowhere. And I like it that way. <laughs> but but that doesn't mean you have to be a hermit just to be secretive. So let, let me let me tell you what. One of the first laws of OPSEC is: if you don't know the threat, how do you know what to protect? If you don't know what the threat is, if you don't know what the threats are around you, how are you going to protect anything? So you have to identify what the threats are. That's the first thing. Second law of OPSEC is if you don't know what to protect, how do you know that you're protecting it? You don't know. If you don't know what, how do you know that you're even doing the job of it? Okay? Then the third law of OPSEC is if you are not protecting it, the dragon wins. You're going to lose. So you have to be, you have to identify what's, what, what are you protecting? Is it your circle? Is it all the things that you have? Is it your plans? Identify that. Then begin to protect it and don't let other people in on these things. Now, people in your circle, as we talk about building a circle over the, over the last couple of years, we've talked about circles and things. You bring people in your circle, but not everybody in your circle has to know every nuance of every plan. Okay. Because then you make yourself more vulnerable. What if somebody in that circle goes and tells other people? What if somebody in that circle gets out of the circle? Now you've let all your information out. So be very cautious of where you put your information at and where in the world, even with people.
0: You know, I I agree with you 100%. Al, I want to step back to something you said when you mentioned um, knowing the right things to secure, knowing what you're supposed to be protecting i'm al i bet that varies for so many people what they think is more valuable than not right Right. like you might have people out there that are severely protecting their guns and their ammunition um but in all reality maybe they're not putting any protection over their water source or right you know maybe uh their their food stocks you know so protection does vary now me my shit's just everywhere scattered everywhere and You'd know, you be lucky to find anything showing up, and I like it that way.
1: (laughs) But, Jester, how many preppers do we say all the time that they show us everything and how they've got it all prepared, they've got it all lined out here, and it's all alphabetical, and it's all by all this, and you go, oh, great, it's organized, so when I steal all your stuff, I'm going to be able to get the right stuff. Oh, that's great. Too much organization is also a killer, too, because when people organize things, they're proud of them. When they're proud of things, what do you do? You want to show them to people. Yeah, you want to show them off. I'm not that proud of my stuff to show it to everybody, okay? I, I, I try to make things look as if they're disarrayed or, or you know, not in order or it looks junky or whatever because it, it makes for a great detractor from what's really there. So you have to think about these things as you're talking about security. But talking not only about your items, but what about you? What about the People, the actual human beings. We're not talking about food sources or water or anything else. Now, about you. So what's the important things to worry about your security?
0: Hey, Preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Stutters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com.
1: Bike number one, be alert and aware. What I say in the beginning of the show, be alert and aware, look around you, know what's going on around you. That is the, that's the most bedrock thing that you can do. If you know what's around you, you can get away from it or you can go, I need to walk but not run. I might draw attention to myself or maybe I need to stay right here. Maybe I don't need to run with all this crowd of people that's running right into the gunfire. You know what I mean? Assess the situation, but know what's going on around you.
0: I agree. One hundred. I agree. One hundred and ten percent.
1: Another thing is display confidence. I can't I can't preach this anymore. I could chisel this into my headstone. Display confidence. This is what I did my entire career. Display confidence. It didn't matter what happened the night before or five minutes before that. I could be arguing with my wife or I could be uh, having a great day. I could have hit the lottery. I could have done anything. But when I walked into work and when the gate ship boomed behind me, I quit being who I was and I became captain. And there you go. I was the captain. I was in charge. This was my ship. Boom, Confidence. You have no idea what it is that when the gate closes behind you to have to turn on that switch. Now, confidence. I have to exude confidence. So, one, I get respect. Two, people follow me and don't question my orders. And three, I keep everything in line. So, you must put out there confidence. You know, I mean, I hear a lot of people all the time say, I don't have any confidence. Well, you need to. If you're going to do anything that's going to be security related, if you're going to make sure that your circle makes it, you have to have confidence. You can't go in and just go, well, we're all going to get killed here, Jester. We're all going to die. I ain't got... <laughs> well, you might as well just go and take a rope and hang yourself. Well, You'd be better I, off.
0: you know, I get it. And, and here's the thing, you know, for the listeners out there that are new to prepping, everything else, as we're talking about this, guys, Al's right. Confidence is key you need to have that badass self-preservation mentality or you're going to fail.
1: Right. Absolutely. But on the other side of it, don't be so big, so bad, and so confident that you end up looking like an idiot and then people go, ha, gee, he, ain't, he can't do that. Uh, <laughs> Al's not going to go tear that damn water tower down and sling it over there and hit me with it. No, no, no. You have to put... Exude confidence. Walk upright with your chest stuck out. Be looking at everything. Have everything the way you want. You know what I'm saying? You have to look like you're in command. There's a command presence that comes with being in charge of people. I had a 144 staff and 600 inmates behind the gates and behind doors in a in a maximum security unit. Do you think I didn't have to have confidence every day I went to work? Every oh, absolutely. Single day. You never, ever, ever show a chink in the armor, okay? So that's, we've got that one well covered. But here's the next one. At your personal security, keep your hands free, folks. Don't be so encumbered with things physically and your hands completely full that somebody just does something to you because you got your hands full of stuff. I've seen people in actual emergency situations yesterday that couldn't do anything because they had something in their hand. They couldn't put the coffee cup down to go fight a fire or or go, you know, tackle somebody or do something. Don't have your hands encumbered. You'll see me most of the time. 99% of the time you'll see my hands completely free. It's something psychological. I can't, I can't explain it. But when people have their hands free, hands tied up, it's almost like they're handcuffed.
0: I, so I've, I've watched people hesitate. They have something in their hand, and they don't know what to do with it. Do they throw it? Do they drop it? Do they drop it while they're running? Not, I've seen people actually look for places to sit things in high-stress scenarios. Yep. And you would think that would be the last thing you do, like where do I set this phone? Where do I set these keys? But that's what people do. Because it, it's part of the problem is it's pre-programmed in a lot of people to take care of shit, not to break shit, yep. not to destroy shit. So whatever's in your hand is usually something you're not wanting to get destroyed. So it's, psychologically, let me set this cup down so it doesn't get broke. Not thinking, fuck this cup. I got to get, you know, I got to get over here and handle this situation.
1: Exactly. And that's programmed into my head because I was a very poor child. So I couldn't tear up things. So I'm very careful with items and things like that. So I learned on my job that I do now that things can get to what very easily. I mean I'm anywhere from five feet to fifty feet off the ground all the time. I'm tossing tools around. Things are happening.
0: Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code Doom Ten at checkout. 10% 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at ReadyWise.com. D-O-O-M 10 for 10% off at ReadyWise.com.
1: I take my phone so it's not a distraction one, and so it doesn't get torn and I put it in the truck. I don't have it right on me, immediately on me, because I know that I'm going to want to protect that, and psychologically, that's going to take away from everything else I'm doing. So I know to go sit it down. Nobody else at work seems to be able to do that. I still, I love that. I can do it, nobody else can, but I'm not tied to my phone like that either. But here's another thing and a key point that people don't do, ask for help. If you are in a situation where you're trying to provide your own security, a lot of people will go through something and never ask for help. They'll never scream, call 911. Hey, could you help me? Because there's somebody beating me down, trying to rape me. Hey, could you do that? People don't do that. They'll just sit there and suffer all by themselves and there'll be dozens of people around. But it's also there could be dozens of people around, and nobody jumps in to help somebody in need. So being aware of your situation, if you see a dozen people and one person looks like they might help, like they really might help, say get call 911. Because they might be locked up too in their brain. They can't they can't function. They don't know what to do. But if you say call 911, they'll go call 911. Now they might not know what to say when they call 911. But hopefully, they'll get over it by the time they get a hold of them. But ask for help. You don't know how many times in life I've seen people just never ask for help when something bad's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you <laughs> That's know, it's crazy. It, it, because a lot of people, they're scared, they're embarrassed, they don't know how people are going to react to what they have going on. So, right. yeah, I a lot of people refuse to reach out for help when they're in a bad spot.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's not just. It's not just about stabbings or shootings either. It's in a lot of life situations. It's, it happens a lot with people, that end up killing themselves and committing suicide. They don't ask for help because they've been they've been trained not to. Men don't need help. Now, ask for help. I'll ask for help. I try to do things on my own, but my wife's like, don't be boneheaded. Ask for some, some freaking help out. You're right. You're, hey, I'm, I'm with you. My wife's got good sense. Thank God. I married somebody with good sense finally. But uh, here's something else too. Closely guard your personal effects. You won't have to run after the guy who's stealing your phone if you kept your phone with you probably. Don't leave your wallet laying around. Don't leave your gun laying around. Don't leave your children astray down, down an aisle and not be watching them, not having them right beside you. Don't do If you don't leave things out to where other people can get to them, snatch them, grab them, whatever, you probably won't have to chase anybody down and do something to them 99 times out of 100. There's always that one time. But the point is, is keep personal effects, things close to you so you can keep it around you. I mean, crimes of opportunity. I, I'll i tell a story real quickly. But my wife, uh, we have a Hummer H2, and she loves driving that big truck. And when she went someplace not, not that long ago, there was a man that was walking around. He walked the third time around her truck, and she knew something was going on. So she reached out her purse. She picked up her pistol and she laid it on the dash. And, you know, he wasn't nearly as interested after that as he was the other three times that he walked around. After he saw that, he went about his way. Um, so you have to, again, exude confidence. She was confident that she would shoot him and he was confident of it too. Number two, she, she let him know where she was at. She wasn't getting out of the vehicle. She knew, I can't get out of the vehicle. That puts me on bad ground. She was watching around her. She knew that. I've, I've tried to teach her well. She already is pretty well trained, but I tried to teach her well. She knew, don't get out of the of the vehicle I'm in because I've given up my, my high ground. And it was all over with just that fast. Nothing happened. She called the police and made a report, and that was
0: it. Yeah, but, but see, okay, but in that moment, like, analyze that a little bit. She was confident. She had situational awareness. She knew what she had to do, and she committed. And that right. scared that guy, and he left her alone. That's great. That's
1: right. And, yeah. and now she had her purse, she had her firearm, and she wasn't leaving the safe area. Folks, just because somebody's rushing you to leave an area, and this is safe, and that's not safe, that doesn't mean you have to leave. I don't care who it is. Somebody could tell you, no, you're leaving here. No, I'm not. I'm, right here. I'm safe right here. No, I'm not going out there where it's not safe. No, I'm not leaving here. No. Drag your feet, hold your hands out, don't leave. you know what I' said you don't have to do what some if you feel unsafe, don't do it. There's a reason God give us an instinct about our safety. <laughs> just don't do it, oh, give it yeah. thirty seconds or a minute, five minutes, whatever. maybe the situation passes, and nothing happens, but you don't have to move if you don't want to um, I don't know as the, this episode is very dear to me because I could do. I could do a 40-hour class in this about how to to protect yourself with never laying your hands on a knife or a gun or a bat or anything else. A lot of it, 90% 90 of the work is done in your head and prior to the event ever happening. It's training.
0: I mean, I could tell that this is something near and dear because you you are fired up today. I love seeing you get passionate about topics, and I'm just like, sitting back, listening. And I'm like, wow, either Al really wanted to talk about this today or he's had too many Red Bulls.
1: <laughs> well, no, the thing is, I brought people into the into the academy coming into working in a prison that have never let alone walked in a prison. Most of them had never known anybody. that even went to prison. Okay. I got to bring them in, not knowing anything about this and I'm going to let them out into a, into a shark tank I'm letting this little guppy out into a shark tank. I at least got to give this guppy a couple, a couple teeth and fins before I set them out there with the sharks. So I would get up and and I would do crazy things when I taught. I'd jump on tables. I would yell and scream. I would get real low to where they couldn't hardly hear me, and they had to really, really listen to me real good. And then I'd yell and drop something on somebody. would say, if you're asleep, you're going to friggin' die. Do you understand? If you're nodding off right now, you're going to nod off when something bad happens. I would do things like that, Jester, because it got their attention, and they never forgot. I had more people tell me they didn't forget what I taught them because I put it in in, in terms that they could understand. I want to go home at the end of the day. So I'm going to learn this today. So that was my that was my thing, security and personal security. I always like to know when I brought people into the prison setting, whoever I went in with, I was coming back. We were coming out at the end of the day. All of us were coming out, we're going home. Hopefully all in the same condition we went in. So I had a good track record of that.
0: That's good though. I mean, I I watch some of these academies. I've I've some of these places are like puppy mills for people. they just want to yep. push you through and they don't give a shit the outcome at the end of the day. I, you know what I mean and that's yep. it's very unfortunate how that happens, and it's very sad, but no, in the spirit of what we're doing, guys, this is all to help get the new preppers geared this way to get them thinking this way. even if you're even if you're like kind of a seasoned veteran prepper, um these may have been things you haven't thought about yet. And, right. and the idea of, I mean, the idea of one per imagine your preps are like the game Jenga. A couple pieces come out of it and the whole thing's coming crashing down, right? It's fact. It is your job to protect not only the preps, but the people that rely on you. Your home is your castle, okay, and you need to be the one that's that's capable of defending it, securing it, and making sure everything's operational inside of it. And if you lose sight of this, everything else is just going to fall apart with it.
1: That's right. That's true. Jester, I'm going to tell one little, one little story before we
0: wrap up for the day, but
1: I want people to understand where I came from. I, I did not... I did not sit up as a child and think about going to work in the prison system. It was by need. I needed a job, and they needed people to go to work. It wasn't like I hadn't you know, like a poster pin up in my bedroom of I want to be a prison guard. I, it wasn't like that, okay? But when I went, I found out there was something I was actually good at in life. And my boss figured out very quickly. Uh, he was a major, and he figured out I had good operational awareness. I knew what I was doing. I didn't find this out too much later. When I was 19 years old, I would get on a truck in the morning time with five five criminals, most of which had multiple felonies that had been in prison multiple times that were short timers, fixing to get out of prison in the next few months. We would get in that truck, a DOT truck, and we'd go down the road anywhere from 1 mile to 100 miles away from the camp. No radio, way before cell phones ever happened no gun no nightstick no baton no nothing they had swing blades bush axes machetes all this stuff because we cleaned alongside the road i would go out every day get a hard day's work at them and work their ass to death and bring them back every day and i did that for about two and a half years at 19 years old but my boss told me he said i know you can do this and I asked him later on, and like, why did you say? he said, because you watched everything went on around you. You had operational awareness. You knew what was going on. You didn't miss a lick. You were watching the roads. You were watching inmates. You were watching this. You were watching that. He said, I knew you could do this. But I, he saw something in me I had no idea I had. So I tried to teach that as I went along. Whatever I thought was a natural skill for that, that's what I taught to the officer that came to work for me.
0: I mean, it it makes sense though, you know, if, if if you think about it. Sometimes it takes somebody else to awaken something inside of us. And I've had people tell me that when I was working law enforcement. I had people tell me all the time, "You are, you do not have enough confidence. You are way more capable than what you think you are." I would have people tell me that all the time. Yeah. Um, they tell never... me, you know, they said, "We watch you. We see what you're doing. You do realize, like, you need to stop being so worried about everything and just react, because you got this." Yep. Um, and it took me a while to actually, I guess, accept that mentality and start utilizing that mentality and just like not having the worry, not second guessing every move I'm making and just, just reacting and doing, it took a while <laughs> to actually get into that habit.
1: That's right. Sometimes you just have to let the natural come out to you. But, uh, if there's one thing I can depart to, to anybody is have a plan. You know what I mean? Have a plan. Have a plan of what you're going to do next. Be thinking ahead, at least a move ahead in every situation. You know, try to think ahead for security wise. You know, if I go down this dark alley right here, if I go this dark parking lot, what might happen to me? Well, maybe I need to see if Joe Blow could watch me get to my car. Maybe Joe Blow could take me from this vehicle to that vehicle and I could get my vehicle. Be thinking ahead. You know, what's around me? I I don't want to pull off here, even though this person's flashing lights. I mean it's in the country. Maybe I need to get to a live area. Oh, they left. They didn't they're not behind me anymore. Oh, maybe they were trying to do something to me. Be thinking at least one move ahead. And if you can think two or three ahead, then that's great too. That's even better.
0: Al, I one hundred percent agree with you. Um I got I got like two more things I'd like to throw in this before we're out here. okay. The the number one thing is we, we kind of covered you know, not telling everybody what you have, not showing off what you have, protecting what you have, stuff like that. Guys, you got to understand even though you might have this mentality, another family member may not, okay? Right. So you need to get your your spouse, wife, partner, dog, cat, get everybody in your family and everybody that's in your immediate circle in this mentality. I've had preppers out there that love to advertise that they're preppers, love to advertise they have a militia and there are people that just know who these guys are now and they're like oh my god these morons why are they telling everybody so much shit what they're doing they'd be better mm-hmm. off just keeping their mouth shut and that's just how they operate that's what they think is good to do and it, and it's not i mean it's just frankly not right nope um typically the people that do this are extremely narcissistic and they just want to hear themselves talk and that's why they're putting everything out there and it's very very detrimental to them um i know who in my town has militias because of the way people talk Right? <laughs> yep, like so yep, you're right. Avoid that shit. Uh, the other thing that I'd kind of like to put in this with this is, guys, we're talking about protecting and defending from, from you know, other humans, humanity, other people that may want to come in and do your harm. Guys, don't forget, you also have to protect yourself from wildlife, the elements. Storms and animals encroaching on your preps can screw a lot of shit up, too. So if you get the mentality, I got the security, I'm good, that... You might have it all figured out, but if a heavy or heavy enough windstorm comes through and rips the freaking roof off the where your preps are, and they all get wet and destroyed, you're shit out of luck. And you may be protected from some big billy badass because you got all your guns, your ammo, big locks on the doors, everything like that. But are you protecting yourself against mice and ants? I mean, probably not, because they can do that. They can do just as much damage and destroy everything that you have. So I just figured I wanted to kind of throw those two things in there before we wrapped up and got out of here. Al, you got anything else you want to throw in there?
1: Just everybody have a good week, and, uh, hey, get ready for garden season. It's coming, so it's time to get out there and get your seeds
0: ready. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, so also on that note, Al, um, it's also chicken ordering season. Like all the hatcheries, February, March, they're putting all their chickens up online now. So if you guys are trying to order chickens or start the backyard chicken progress or any kind of that, Any kind of that stuff. Now is the time to get your online orders in.
1: That's right. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound
0: to the following cities. Orlando. Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richmond, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas,
1: Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential
0: address.